The following podcast discusses subject matter not appropriate for children. Please use discretion when listening. This podcast and all linked or referred to materials should not be construed as medical or psychological advice, nor are our opinions a substitute for professional medical or psychological expertise or treatment. Listening and or responding to this podcast does not indicate that a professional or therapeutic relationship has been established. Hello, and welcome back to Vanilla with a Side of Kink, our journey into the kingdom as a vanilla couple. I'm Dan, and I'm here with my wife, Renee. Hello. So we're now talking about July 9th of 2016. So this officially um, is our second episode of season three. So this is all about the travels of the latter half of 2016. So we've just gotten back from a rope-centric, our first rope-centric kinky conference Mm -hmm. called Restrained. We got back from that on late in the night of July 3rd. And when we got home, Renee was so excited, she decided she was going to capture what the 12 stages of a kinky conference were. Now that she had experience, she was ready to put it down on paper. Kinky convention. Kinky convention. So she'd been to, now she'd been to Sin in the City. Right. And Restrained. And so she had this. And we came up with 12 different stages that everyone goes through at a kinky convention. Everyone goes through? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, everyone goes through. So so we wanted to share this with you as kind of a highlight reel of the things you might experience if you go to a kinky conference. So what are the 12 things, baby girl? Stage one, anticipation. So excited. Must make lists. Need a list of lists to make. So many lists. Packing list. Playbag list. Lists of classes and class descriptions. Spreadsheets. Yay. Lists are fun. When do we leave? I have a list of what goes in the car. (laughs) And she does. She has a list for everything, which is why I love her so much because I don't make lists. I just kind of figure out what I need and throw it in the car and go, which I usually end up not having the things that I need. But she has these really cool apps on her phone that she makes all these lists with. So it really helps. So... That's the anticipation stage. Stage two, realization. I'm geeking out on all the classes. I will take all the classes, learn all the things, take all the notes. I will talk incessantly about all the things to anyone I see, completely forgetting about things like saying hi first. (laughs) Followed quickly by stage three, realization take two. How is it I've been surrounded by kinky people the last five hours and I still haven't been able to take off any clothes? To which daddy would say, I guess you chose the wrong classes, baby girl. That's true. Stage four, actualization. Now can I take my clothes off? To which daddy would say, yes, but you don't really have to for this next thing. Oh, and okay, you're naked. Good girl. (laughs) Yes, that's kind of how it happens. (laughs) Stage five, all the learning. What was the thing about the nerves that related to the special harness tie thingy? Did we take the class on the special tie thingy? Or was I hallucinating from the overexcitement of the mummification class? Was I plastic wrapped to somebody? Was there water? Brain hurts. Yes. And yes, you were, baby girl. You were definitely tied, wrapped, and had water run over your body in a mummification class. Yes. Still no memory of that. It's kind of scary. (laughs) Stage six. Play party. Wow. Look at that. How is she doing that? And look over there. That's amazing. How are they doing that? And what the is happening over there? I must have missed that class today. Maybe so. Maybe so. 
stage seven incoherence <laughs> enough said so yeah get up in the morning wind her up let her go and at the end of the day her battery is dead now she's like sleeping all day long she's like done stage eight oh yay more classes because yay classes at the at the kinky conference classes are the thing yay <laughs> yep stage nine Oh, holy goodness. More classes. Can't take in much more. <laughs> yes, that's, that's kind of where you get to. Stage 10. Incoherence take two. To which daddy says, baby girl, wake up. Go up to the room to sleep. You're blocking the hallway. Yeah, that's kind of what happens. You're kind of done. Yeah, almost literally collapsing in the hallways. Stage 11. Finality. But I want to do all the things. Don't you want to practice that TK again? When's the next class? To which daddy says, the conference is over, baby girl. You did all the things. Everything on your list. Good girl. And finally, stage 12, the aftermath. Now we get to go home and see the dogs? Yes, baby girl. Yay, that was super fun. I'll start making the what's a bring list for next year. Okay, baby girl. Good girl. And that's where she was at on July 4th, 2016. She was realizing all the thing, different things we had done together and the excitement and the energy loss and the energy gain and the energy loss and the ups and downs. And then driving home from Arizona. I did all the driving because she was ready to just sleep. I think there were Sour Patch Kids involved. Yeah. I don't think she slept because she doesn't sleep in the car. I know. Sour Patch Kids. So when you have an exhausted baby girl who's eating sugar. (laughs) Oh, the things I've learned about the wonderful. Those were the 12 stages of the Kinky Convention. And now July 9th, we are headed up to L.A. We probably went up to L.A. Friday night knowing us and got a hotel room. Probably. Yes. So we're open spaces in LA. Well, during that week, we also had our munch and we had an open practice event in San Diego (laughs) in between. But that's our new normal. Like we're working full time and we're doing something almost every night. And now just for added fun, we're also traveling as much as we possibly can, which is another reason why 2016 was so epic and so exhausting. Having to change your ever ever energizer batteries was, you know, an ongoing (sighs) Okay, so the event we were heading to on July 9th, I think Dan just spoiler alerted it, is called Rope in Space. And Rope in Space is what is called an unconference. Unconference? So we mentioned unconference. I gave you a teaser of an unconference a few episodes ago. So this is what an unconference is. An unconference is a conference that for which the agenda has not yet been set. It is set by the participants who are there attending the event. So what happens? So this event was held in an industrial warehouse in the Los Angeles area. So everyone shows up to this event. There's probably, what, 60 people? At least. Um, And then there's a host of the event who kind of like calls everyone together and goes over the rules for the event and explains what an conference is. And so behind this, this host is a giant whiteboard with times written like 1030 to 1130 in the morning and then 12 to one and then maybe 130 to 230, whatever. And then a grid is drawn. So there's a square for each of these times. And then there's blank post-it notes. And so the participants 
decide what classes they either want to teach or want to be taught. And they write it on the post-it note and stick it up on the whiteboard in the appropriate time slot. So for example, you could have like Dan could have written a sticky that said, um, teaching basic negotiation for rope. And if he decided that's the class he wanted to teach, he would go write that on a sticky, put that on the whiteboard. And then once all the stickies are up on the board, then people can go look at them all and decide what classes they want to attend. You could also put what you wanted to learn. So you could put, um, would love a discussion with other bottoms about um, how to best support each other, something like that. And then if people wanted to attend, they would attend or someone would say, oh, hey, I can teach to that topic. So I will take that on and I will teach to that topic. So um, one of the rules of the unconference is something along the lines of your feet work. So if you show up to a, a particular session and it's not something you are enjoying or not, not what you expected, your feet work. You get to turn around and walk away and go find some other part of the convention to attend to for that moment. There's also almost always what's called an introvert's corner or an introvert space where extroverts are not allowed. <laughs> so we introverts can just go and sit and chill and be quiet and not have to talk to anybody for a little bit. Um, and then there might be different classrooms designated based on what you're teaching. For example, if you're going to teach a suspension, something with rope suspension, you need to have a hard point available, multiple hard points available for your students to use as well. So that's what an unconference is. It's usually something that goes from like 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Lunch is usually provided as part of your ticket price. It just shows up whenever it magically shows up. Yes. And so the write-up for this this rope in space way back from 2016 uses that language. It says, um, um, the day will start with an orientation and agenda setting facilitated by the host. Once that's done, it's full steam ahead until the end of the day. Lunch magically appears at one point, but there are no scheduled breaks or class times. And at the end of the day, the, the group gathers for some closure. Um, and this was from, this was $45 per person, which included lunch. And this is from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Says all skill levels are welcome, but some basic rope knowledge will help you experience the event to its fullest. So people in our kink community love unconferences. Love, 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 love them. I don't love them so much. That's for sure. I don't, I, I need a little more structure and I need a little more time to psych myself up for whatever I'm doing. So the idea of showing up to a conference with no idea what I'm going to be learning or participating in learning or perhaps even teaching is just very unsettling for me. So I've been to at least two of them. Mm -hmm. So I think after that, I was like, I think I'm done with the unconference. So this particular one, Rope in Space, was um, put on by a group in Los Angeles. And so, again, like the best of the best, the movers and the shakers, people with great reputations, very well known. Um, I don't remember much specifics about what we learned there. The things that I remember, I remember the introvert's corner. It was lovely. Um, I remember taking a class on 
um, suspension from a bottom perspective, and it was taught by a suspension bottom who um, kind of described herself as overweight and middle-aged. And if I can be a rope bottom, anybody can be a rope bottom, which was really refreshing because at that point in my rope career, at least, I had never seen a rope bottom that wasn't like in their 20s and very fit. So to see someone um, who was not in those those categories, um, I mean, she was still very fit, but in her words, she was overweight and middle-aged. Um, it was very refreshing and it was nice to know that, hey, look, yes, anyone can get suspended. Anybody can get suspended. So I remember taking that class and I think she co-taught it with someone to teach the suspension part of it, right? I think her husband was there. Okay. And so, cause we did a single leg Futamomo suspension. So you just, whoever's listening to this has no idea what that is. That's cause you just interrupted me. Oh, sorry. So a single leg futamomo is where your leg is bent at the knee and rope is tied so around your top of your thigh to your shin. Um, and you're, that's called a futamomo. And a single leg futamomo suspension is you are hung in the air from that one bent leg. Um, that might sound horrific. It's actually amazing. It is without, without much of a doubt my favorite suspension. Um, and that was where we first learned it was there. Mm -hmm. But one of my issues with the unconference is, you know, you're, te you're teaching to literally whoever. So one thing Dan and I have tried very hard to do in our curriculum is to not teach people until we believe they have the appropriate skill set to be able to learn safely. So with an unconference, there's none of that. There's no vetting. There's no prerequisite. There's no someone shows up to take your class. You teach them whatever you're going to teach them and, and we find that a little bit outside of our comfort zone from a risk standpoint, but we were happy that she was teaching that class because we learned a lot from it. Well, she's yeah, she runs her own space up in the Northwest area of the, the United States. She and her husband do, and they are an amazing couple. So to this day, they still do. But the other thing about a, a an open space type scenario is because you don't know who the instructors are. Like you don't know who's there and who is going to be teaching. So right. Joe Blow, who just showed up and picked up rope last week, comes in and says, I'm going to teach you how to do X, Y, Z, P, D, Q. And nobody knows what Joe Blow actually knows. Or what he's about to say. Or Yeah. So <laughs> I have been in classes where the first words out of the instructor's mouth caused me to use my feet and get up and walk away because what they were saying was not anywhere near what I wanted to even have in my thought process. Right. So ideally, all the participants, all the attendees of unconferences recognize that, <laughs> that they have to use some critical thinking skills and some common sense skills to assess if what they're hearing really makes sense or not. But um, I, I don't know why people love these unconferences, but they do. Um, in terms of this one in Roping Space, I don't remember much else about it. Well, I've, I've been to numerous uh open space type events. Okay. So you're, you've said open space now twice. Do you mean unconference? Unconference. Okay. So the, the benefit to running a conference like this as a conference coordinator is you don't have to get speakers. You don't have to line up a curriculum. You don't sure. have to have, yeah. I mean, so it's, it's kind of, 
kind of easy <laughs> in a yeah. sense. Yeah. You just hope good people show up and you hope people enjoy it and you hope nobody gets hurt. Yeah, so, exactly. Which you'd, you'd have the same kind of criteria. You hope nobody gets hurt if, if you were having a a, red, a regulated conference with invited speakers. Right, exactly. Vetted and taken care of. So like the difference between restrained last week was a very curated, well thought out, well rounded presentation of lots of different topics right by experts in the field that were well vetted right versus yeah. uh, roping space was just a who who wants to do what and who wants to learn what like someone could be there and they've done rope for a, for a month and say somebody teach me how to do suspensions right and you're like and somebody will huh that's what's scary is someone will so it's um yeah i mean do why do you think people enjoy them so much i i, I don't know I, I I enjoy the opportunity to go and people watch because <laughs> I learn a lot about people. I end up teaching because it's just who I am when I go. Right. Uh, and people ask me to do something. Uh, you know, one of the one of the recent ones, somebody asked me to do predicament rope. They were like, and actually, what happened is someone put, would someone teach me predicament rope? And the conference coordinator came over and found me and said, "Hey, will you do a class on predicament rope?" And I was like, "I can." <laughs> Right. Uh, so, which is sometimes the role of the host is to help facilitate those kind of connections. Yeah, and so every every conference is different. Uh, I certainly personally prefer a conference that has more structure to it, and I can plan for it and arrange for it. So, something like Sin in the City, something like Restrained, was more uh, appealing to me than the unconference style. But just like at Restrained, we were trying to, we were still looking for how things that would help us with our instruction and sure. building our own curriculum. Yeah, totally. And so there was a class or someone put up that they, I can't remember what the name of it was. Like, like there were no class instructions. It was a post-it note. <laughs> I remember the picture of the post-it note. <laughs> but it, this class, he was like, I'm going to help you. Learn to tie better. I can't remember what he, how he worded it. Right. And we went to this class and it was, it was a class designed that by the time you were done, you understood the purpose of practice. You really, by the time you were finished with this class, you saw what practice could do for you and how just the effort being made to practice something consistently would change how effectively and the effect meaning not just effect on the emotional connection, but effect on the timing. Like you, you would see how your whole timings for what you were doing had changed. And this was a very powerful thing for me. It was probably the most important thing for me other than the single leg food of Momo that we did that I remember coming out of that. And event. didn't this class wasn't didn't he use the Futamomo as the tie? Futamomo was part of it. So I remember laying flat on my back, which is how you are when they're tying a Futamomo on your leg. And I that's probably why I don't remember the class very well. I probably was just kind of zenned out. Yeah. So this is this was it was super powerful. This is something we use in our mm-hmm. 201 classes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a technique we use to help our students realize the power of practice. Mm-hmm. And when they go through this exercise, it is so wonky and so crazy. But when they're done, they're like, oh, my gosh, mm-hmm. that was something. Yeah, it is very powerful. It's very powerful. So, again, something we did get stuff out of this that helped us to start to figure out what other pieces we were going to do. But where we were going to fit it all in, we still hadn't really put pieces together. No, that came that later. Point. Yeah. 
The other part was we this was the first conference in LA that we went to that was where we were with other ropesters from the LA area. Mm-hmm. And we we made some some connections up there that mm-hmm. we hadn't had. We certainly knew, you know, we knew Don Sir, we knew and I believe he was even even there. I think he was, he was. yeah. And so we knew certain people. We 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 knew individuals, but now we were starting to to learn other groups that were up there and understand a little bit of the um, the landscape in the LA area regarding rope. Yeah, and my my polyrigger sadist guy was there, although we weren't really playing together anymore. But he was there, so he was part of um, like he knew us, and so right. he could vet us to other people. Like, oh yeah, those are Renee and Dan are good people. Right. And we we went to lunch. Until lunch the next day, uh, not lunch, um, dim sum. Dim sum, right. With two of the people from the conference who were super, super nice people. He was very much a character Yeah, I w- in all the good ways. Yeah, I wish we were closer to them just because they're, yeah. they're good people. But L.A. is two hours north of us here. And, On a good day. And we, we've seen them. We've been to their house. We've seen different things and done different things, uh, events they've hosted. But it just they do a lot for the rope community. They do in a LA. ton for the LA Hero community. Ton, and yeah. so we're very grateful for the relationship that we have, even though it is a very sporadic, non consistent relationship. Yeah. But there were you know, so this conference had benefit, but certainly not to the same level as Restrained did, I think, when we're comparing the two back and forth. Right. Uh, so I'm excited to 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 think about how we saw these pieces, these two different conferences. We did these in back-to-back weekends. I'm sure by the end of this conference, Renee was wiped out. I'm sure yeah. she was done, done. Well, and staying in the hotel was always a treat. So we we stayed Friday night and Saturday night because I know Sunday we had dim sum with them. So um, that definitely was always helpful. If I could leave the leave whatever the event was and just drive a short distance to a hotel where I could chill um that was very helpful more so than driving home for two hours so for those of you that might be thinking about going to a kinky conference i mean these are this is a you know it's it's like going to any conference but you're if you're going as an attendee there's a lot of things to take into consideration you know you have to think about you know the transportation you have to think about your hotel reservations you have to think about food and because you're going typically, I mean, we would go as a couple, but if you're going as an individual, it might be a little different. But if you're going as a couple, you've got to think about the mental state you're both in, your physical state as far as how exhausted you might be. Mm-hmm. Um, I have seen conferences rip relationships apart. <laughs> uh, no spoilers. Uh, because, you know. You're no so exhausted. You yeah. are so tired. You've done so much. You've given so much energy. And the bottoms, tops, when we go to conferences, it's like, hey, we're going to learn all these new things, all these new ties. And our partners are there as kind of our demo bottoms because they're not getting the connection out of a normal tying scenario. They are getting worked. Mm-hmm. And sometimes by just the end of the first day, they're done. They're like, I don't care. I don't want to even go to the next day of the conference. Mm-hmm. No, it's definitely a very, very different experience for top and bottom, very different ways. So you have to make sure you you plan for all these contingencies. Lots of water. Oh, my gosh. So much water. <laughs> so much water. So much water. <laughs> the, um, the other part for going to a conference is communicating what you expect to get out of a conference. I think so many times... I 
would go to a conference. I know when we first started, I would not necessarily be able to articulate what I was looking for. I think restrained was, was a conference. We knew what we were going to do. We, we, we had some, some very specific. We knew it was rope centric. So we knew there'd at least be some portion of the coursework that was going to be relevant. Right. But as we, as we went, as we continued having those specific goals became a little different Mm -hmm. uh, as we, as we grew. But I think it's always important if you are going to a conference as a couple to plan, plan for, you know, are you going to have a debrief at the end of the day? What are you going to plan for dinner? Have those plans made ahead of time. It's so much better than trying to figure it out on the fly. For sure. One of the things with these unconferences is that there's always an opening circle and a closing circle, and they are always very strongly encouraging people to stay for closing circle. Honestly, I don't know that we ever have. <laughs> Usually, right. Most people don't. Most people are, or some percentage of people are leaving as soon as they're done with taking classes. But um, part of the the description of the unconference is to have a closing circle to kind of um, just kind of come back together as a group and express appreciation for the day and for each other and things like that. And share what you learned. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure for some people, those are, are big things. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been, because I've been to other conferences than you've been. I've you've been, been to many, many opening and closing circles. And it's interesting to hear how people are affected by the things of the day. Mm-hmm. Like at, at yeah, I'm not going to give things away going forward. But at some of these conferences, you might see something you would never see at a traditional conference mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, just because of the nature of what is going on right? and somebody being crazy or wild or foolish enough to do something. Yeah. So, but that's, that's the, you know, the big takeaway for me in, especially doing back to back weekends is you've got to make sure you have the stamina and the understanding of what it's going to take to do that. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot going on there. And that kind of wraps up this episode uh, and our crazy back-to-back weekends at conferences uh, where I'm sure I was nursing my baby girl back to sanity after being all wound up and all yeah. the things and then exhaustion. And we're and not done yet. And all that. We got more to come. We got more to come in July. In yeah. July? Yeah. Holy mackerel. Yeah, there's so many things that are just... But I am so happy to have a partner that did all these things with me because it's, you know, I can't imagine... It was super fun. This. It was exhausting and yeah. miserable. Lots of... lots of, And super fun. Yes. <laughs> and sometimes miserable. <laughs> uh, so if you're listening to this podcast, please tell someone else this week about it. Just tell one person. That will really help us. And if you're on Apple, leave a review. Uh, and if you're on Spotify, leave us leave a ranking. That'd be awesome. We'd really appreciate that. And share us on your social medias. Yeah. Word of mouth is the best way for us to get new listeners. And if you have not been to uh, been on, our Instagram is Vanilla with a Side of Kink. Uh, we can fi- you can find us on there. And we're posting pictures of some of the different things. And there goes the dog. You know, we haven't had dogs for like three episodes. We put the dogs in daycare all day. Until... Just now. And the daycare was going to close. So we had to go get them. We have like literally three minutes more to record and it is chaos. Chaos is ensued in the house, but the chaos can be over. They're they're cute chaos. Uh, Cute chaos. So thank you so much for listening. Until next week, we'll, we'll talk to you then. Bye, everyone. Bye.